welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marco, with my very nerdy co-host, Jessica. How's it going, Jessica? It's good. How are you? Good. Nice glasses. Thank you. I don't wear them a lot. No kidding. <laughs> you should. Well, yeah, but I I don't need them to see. I just need them. <laughs> Usually, that's why people wear glasses. And for on the computer, because my eyes get tired. So you can see. I have astigmatism. So you can see. Also, I think I'm farsighted, so maybe I should. <laughs> I don't know. What are you? I'm nearsighted. I'm the opposite, so I'm farsighted. Yes. That's how I remember it. What are you drinking? Uh, whiskey. Shocker. <laughs> no, what kind of whiskey? Is, I will tell you in a second. Well, it is no i found it oh, okay it's featherbone bourbon whiskey from journeyman distillery Ooh, that's a good one it is really i do good. like that one <laughs> yep it is birthday whiskey so ah. yum. for me what do you got over there oh i, I see a torch yep hang on for a minute let me torch this up so i have an old-fashioned that i'm going to smoke but it is a it's an apple old-fashioned so i'm using traverse city whiskey mm-hmm. company's straight bourbon whiskey that's infused with michigan apples okay and then I used orange bitters with it and our sugar-free simple syrup that we use for everything. I have not put the big giant cube in yet. I've got my smoker set from last week that we spoke about. I've got some hickory wood chips in there mm-hmm. and I'm going to torch it real quick. Awesome. And I'm using my world's greatest ass coach uh, cup from Coach Dan because it's taller rocks glass. So there's more room for more smoke. I know this is thrilling podcasting right now, but it's fun. So flamey. So flamey. All right. As soon as the flame goes out, I'm putting the little plastic container on top of the smoker to hold it in. I think you have to put that on there. I don't have to, but I mean, logic says I'm going to leave it in. Now it's uh, so the actual. It is smoky in here. Yeah, it is. The actual cocktail goes up to the bottom of the ass coach. Good. Right up to the ass. It goes up to the bottom of the ass. Mm hmm. And um, the rest from there on up to the little wooden disc mm-hmm. is just smoke, hickory smoke. And cool. then I'll throw it when I take the top off, I'll throw in a giant cube and call it good. Nice. So I'll be trying that in a little bit. Uh, I love this gift. It is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so happy you love it. Yeah. I love it too. Well, I would I would toast you right now, but um, uh, no. my drink's infusing. So I'll just say, hey, I've got my mu- big mug here. I've got a coffee mug go. with ice. That'll so be good. And now I Ready? can drink my old-fashioned. Cheers. Cheers. That was not a good clank. Well, I don't know what It's a ceramic it. coffee club. Coffee club? Coffee cu- cup. I'm very tired. Did it's you put- pregame the podcast? I did not pregame the podcast. I <laughs> did go for a run this morning on the treadmill because it's a dark and stormy night. It is a dark and stormy or a dark night. and stormy day. It's going to be a dark and stormy week. Yeah. Lots of rains, but uh hour and a half on the treadmill, and then I prepped dinner, so I had to get the, um, the marinade slash sauce going. So we're going to have yakitori chicken tonight. Yum. Yeah, and if you don't know what that is, it is basically chicken on a stick with a nice Asian glaze over the top. Of course, we're low-carb, so we went with a low-carb version of that. And uh, after I mix that up and someone sounds hungry already over there. I'm so sorry. I am hungry. But so mix that up. Part of the marinade, part of the sauce became a marinade. So the chicken thighs that I had to chop all all that went into the fridge or in that just absorbing all that flavor of ginger and garlic and soy and uh, everything else. Sweet, sour, spicy, umami. Umami. Oh, yeah. 
And then yeah, the, I'm really excited. the rest will get good. basted on or as be also some will be reserved for a dipping sauce. Uh, I've also got some mushrooms that I'm going to do the same way. Mm-hmm. And then we'll throw that in with some uh, cauliflower rice and some rice noodles for the kids. And I got some stir fry veggies for them, like baby corn, because what little kid doesn't love baby corn? All four of our kids. Love it. No. Hate it. They will not eat it. <laughs> well, we have I the weirdest kids on the planet. I will eat it. Well, okay, good, because I bought a can of it. It's great. Did you buy bamboo shoots? I did not. Bummer. I think we have some. Ooh. Yeah. Yay. So that'll be uh, that'll be dinner. And then I also got some veggies to go with it, too, and stuff for a salad. Cool. Yeah. So now that I'm nice and hungry thinking about it, <laughs> um, I think my drink's about ready. So here we go. Okie dokie. Covers off. Oh, so swirly. So swirly. One big cube. One big pair of underwear. That's Give a, a book you can buy for your kids. Mm. This tastes like camping. It tastes like it smells like camping in it here. Tastes so like fall, it tastes like fall. It tastes like camping. More camping than fall, though. I'm going to put a second giant cube in. Giant cubes. Anyway, how was the week, Jess? busy yeah we were supposed to record this several days ago yeah but like we were doing something else that day (laughs) and then the day after and then the day day after after, i had a a work event that i had to go to big nerdy event do you have your glasses on i did not have my glasses talk about science but i did have science of behavior so i don't work near home like i work in a completely different state (laughs) and so they were they set up this event and it was about it started about three hours after work ended (laughs) And I was like, well, well don't really. And for the clients, you, right. are, you usually have to stay late anyway. Not that late. Um, it was so, about an hour after, hour or two after you get, no, hour and a half after you get done. It's a long time to stay in a very dark building all by myself. You guys could have gone out and happy hour before. No, everybody had to get ready for this thing. Um, so I was there <laughs> getting dressed in, in the client bathroom. It's a really big bathroom. So <laughs> that was fun. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun event. Lots of people came to it. I got to meet the founders, so that was good. It was at Founders? No. That would have been been awesome. awesome. Yeah. No, this was at a, this was at a baseball game. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Major League? No, that was Minor League? Even better. Minor League games are hilarious. Yes, it was a minor league game. Nobody really cares about the baseball. It's all the stuff between innings and it's the food, the crazy food they have. There's a tiki bar there. Well, that too. That was exciting for me. <laughs> did you have stuff straight off the menu or did you go special? Oh, I went special. Nice. I went full special. <laughs> mm-hmm. I um I asked her to make me a Mai Tai and she said, I can't do that. And I was like, okay, well, can you make me something that approximates a Mai Tai? And she goes, I can pour rum in a glass and put fruit juice on top of it. And I was like, perfect. That's pretty much what a Mai Tai is. So let's do that. And she was pouring the rum and there were some men across the bar from where she was doing this. And they were just like, their eyes got really big. And they were like, so you just basically wanted a giant glass of vodka. And I was like, it's rum. But um, Get it straight, no, dudes. you have to put the fruit juice in it, too. Otherwise, it's not going to taste very good. And there were jokes and it was ridiculous. And then we ran away. Nice. Yeah. And you guys stayed mostly dry with all the thunderstorms moving through? We were under like a pavilion and there was an inside area. Oh, okay. So it wasn't too bad, I think. Did they feed you? A little bit of sprinkles. Yes, they did. Nice. Hambos and hot dogs. Mm-hmm. And everybody from work showed up? Not everybody, but a good chunk of everybody showed up. And that well, was fantastic. Enough to make it fun. Enough to make it fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. 
So it was a good time. Cool. Okay. How was your week? Uh, my week was a hot mess. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it was busy. It was stressful. It was, yeah, I'm glad it's the weekend. <laughs> but now I'll be editing podcasts. But I've got hockey tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Um, it got really dark. It did get really dark, given that it's, uh, it's, it's actually three not. <laughs> it's three in the afternoon. <laughs> I know we said dark and stormy night. It's not actually night when we're recording this. Anyway, um, kids hockey started up. Kid one's the only one playing right now. Tuesday night, uh, got asked to come in and help out with learn to play. They were at the last minute short on coaches. I don't have a kid playing learn to play, but kid one does goalie clinic right afterwards. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'll go early, especially since she takes forever to get dressed. She does. And then uh, the next night she had the girls clinic, which is awesome. Uh, that one I'm not coaching. I just get to be dad. And you get to be a watch. dad? Get to be dad. Kid kid four was with me and she was like, love and She's like, they're all girls. I'm like, yeah, they're all girls. She's so cute. She is so cute. Yeah, so she's got really pink cheeks right now. And if you ask her, why are your cheeks so pink? Like you expect her to say, oh, because I'm hot or because I have a sunburn or something. But no, she says, because I'm just so full of love. <laughs> it is so cute. Have we figured out who taught her that yet? No. Because my mom was shocked by it. And she goes, you guys taught her that? And I'm like, no, no I we think thought she did. I really think it's just something she came up with on her own. She's so cute. She does that yeah. lots of times. But speaking of cheeks, I had oh. a weird experience <laughs> like, where over is, last weekend. Where is this going? Actually, it was Sunday and then Monday that I had this very interesting experience. Okay. Um, So I was making dinner for the kids because you and kid number one were at hockey. So I was making pancakes. I was down in the kitchen And there was one pancake already ready to go. And I decided that would be my test pancake. So I put a little dab of syrup on a piece, not even the entire thing, a piece of it, popped it in my mouth, chewed it up. And then my cheek like instantaneously became swollen and I couldn't turn my neck. And when I went to look in the bathroom mirror to find out what the hell had happened, like my entire cheek went and so had part of my neck. And I was like, oh, my God. Complete with sound effects? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm dying. Um, So I waited like 10 minutes and then I got online real quick to find out where urgent care was. And I saw that the only one that was open was actually going to be closing in an hour. So I quickly called my mother and I was like, mom, can you take the kids? I have to go to urgent care right now. And she's like, oh no, is it an emergency? Do you need to go to the hospital? Your dad will take you to the hospital. And I was like, no, I just need to go to urgent care and I have to go right now. So can you come over? And she goes, no, we can't come over. You can bring the kids here, though. So in other words, happy hour was in full effect. I guess. Um, That's my guess. So I quickly like screamed at the kids, get in the car. I packed up the pancakes because I continued making dinner throughout all of this. And pancakes cook really fast. Um, Wrapped those up, threw them in the van. And I was like, get in the car, get buckled now. We're going to Bernie and Pop-Ups. We get over there. I basically threw my kids through the doorway and then hopped in the van and got to urgent care in record time, where I then proceeded to sit for two and a half hours before so they would see me. Kid one was playing uh, bad hockey again that night with the adults when she was playing goalie. And then there was, it was a thin crowd because it was Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Mr. Rink owner said, you want to skate? I'm like, yeah, I want to spend my Father's Day throwing pucks or uh, frozen pieces of rubber at my kid. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Which I mean, and I don't mean that uh, sarcastically. Mm-hmm. That actually sounds like a lot of fun to me. 
so I did. I went out there and skated and, you know, showed her the dad that can still score five hole on her. She was all proud that she blocked a few and I hit some posts. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. If I'm trying to get it between your pad and the side of the goal, there's a chance I'm either going to hit you, I'm either going to score or I'm going to hit the post. But anyway, so we finished then uh, the early game for the leagues. I wasn't playing in. I was playing in the second game. So there was a break. And I went in, and just before I was going to get on the ice, uh, she goes, hey, go go approve my, we've got time limits on her phone, which for Apple's, you can set certain times. It starts limiting, you know, certain apps, which are most of them. And I still had it at the uh, school year setting. We weren't on summertime settings yet. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go approve all those. So I went to the locker room, didn't have Wi-Fi. So I come out, and all of a sudden, boom, my phone gets hit with the text messages, including hi, I'm going to urgent care. The kids are at my parents' house. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. I'm about to get on the ice for my game. Mm-hmm. Do I need to leave? I mean, my wife's going to urgent care. This is serious. No, no, no. It'll be okay. So uh, I feel like this is a trap. Uh, cue the Star Wars memes of the dude from, <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> a little fish looking dude. Uh, I'm like, all right, well, text kid one because she's not playing in the league game tonight. And she'll be in the locker room playing on wi-fi through all her games i just approved everything so she can play so i went out and i played and the whole time i'm thinking like or i told her that if you texted come get me on the bench and we'll leave so she never came out but i'm also thinking like as i'm playing like every time we do a face-off i'm looking over by the boards and like is she out there and for a while she was out there taking pictures and talking to all the hockey people mm-hmm. because all the hockey people love <laughs> oops i said her name uh they love kid one Mm-hmm. Uh, every week I've got, especially the women, she chats with all of them in the women's locker room. They think she's hilarious. And they always come to me like, your daughter's so hilarious. She's so funny. She's so friendly. She's so brave. Not only does she stop pucks, she just talks to everybody. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's her. That's always been her. That's her personality. So um, she was chatting them all up. And then you know, when I finished, I came out. And I'm like, is mom texted? And she goes, no. I'm like, all right, well, let's get changed to get out of here. So I did catch a little grief later about from people like, well, why were you antisocial? You just got changed and left. I'm like, because my wife was in urgent care. Like my team knew and I already told them in advance, like, look, if my kid comes out on the bench, I'm leaving. And they're like, well, yeah. A couple of them are even like, surprised you didn't say come home right now before the game. I'm like, well, she's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but they, they understood. But I didn't tell the entire league that, oh, yeah, my wife's in urgent care and I got to split. So we split. Uh, we texted you like, we're going to drop the bags off. Cause I don't have enough room in my truck for all the kids. Plus two sets of hockey equipment. One of them being goalie. So we dumped those in the garage. We didn't even put them away correctly. We just literally dumped them where my truck parks and took off to go with the other ones. We were there picking them up and you walked through the door at your parents' house. Yeah. So back to me. Yeah. So anyways, I sat there for two and a half hours and then the poor nurse practitioner who was the only one working came in and she looked at my face and she was like, Oh, no. And I was like, do I have the mumps? Because two and a half hours of me sitting in urgent care, I diagnosed myself with the mumps because it looked like my face. And I had a lot of the symptoms, except for the fever and the whole like other stuff that goes along with the mumps. But the, it's fine. The Google. So I'm surprised you I didn't did. diagnose yourself with some sort of cancer. I also cancer. diagnosed myself with cancer. Okay. Um, that just appeared very rapidly in the kitchen while cooking pancakes. And in your goes, face. And you diagnosed yourself with what? Colorectal cancer? No. I did also diagnose myself with cellulitis, which is why I went to <laughs> urgent care, though, because it can come on rapidly and it can kill you very fast. Um, well, that's not funny. It's not funny. And that's that is the real reason I went, though. 
Um, so it's like, maybe I have a tooth infection or something. Um, but no, it turns out. <laughs> maybe it's a tumor. No, it turns out that you can actually get a stone in your salivary gland. Um, like a kidney stone? Like a kidney stone in your sal- salivary gland, especially in the parietal gland. Uh, and I was apparently experiencing that. And it will cause your face to swell up ungodly big. Um, well, I mean, if you think about it from an engineering perspective, of course, you like you have a basically what's essentially a pipe. Yeah. And you go and you clog it. Yeah. You got pressure. It's a fluid yeah. dynamics. So the, it was brought on by the bite because you, you put something in your mouth and you instantly start salivating, especially like a pancake with syrup on it. It's delicious. So, um, so I started doing that and the saliva was ready to come out and it couldn't go back out. So it actually goes back up into the gland is my understanding of it. And it will swell. And it is incredibly painful. So that's putting pressure on the jaw, the what, the sinuses, it, the... Uh, and your neck muscle down here because it's it's actually a really big gland. On your eye as well, probably? Um, Not too much on the eye. Okay. I didn't have that. It was it was mostly to the cheek, to the mouth, and a little bit down the neck. Um, but like I could not turn my head. And that's Okay, but don't turn your thing. head while you're telling the story. So she, I was like, well, oh, I don't want to have that in my face. How do I fix it? <laughs> and she in goes, she goes, okay, you need to go to the store and you need to get sour candy and you need to eat them nonstop and it's going to make you salivate and it's going to hurt. But what's going to happen is that sal- that saliva production is good. It's what's going to push the stone out so that this goes away. And I was like, you are telling me that to fix my problem, I have to eat candy. To make yes, it better, I, am. I have to make it worse. No, no, that's not the point. The point is, I had a legit medical piece of paper that said, eat candy. So I... I, I, I read it because I didn't believe you when you told me. <laughs> I went to the store and I bought... We need to take a picture of that. I, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went to the store and I bought like a couple Lemon of... No, you bought those for me. They don't have sugar, so it didn't work. But they were good. Um... They weren't sour enough for you? They weren't really weren't. They're very sweet. Um, but it didn't work because the sugar wasn't there. So I didn't really salivate when I was eating them. But the sweet tarts worked really well. I bought also bought Sour Patch Kids because she said sour candy. And I was like, well, I like Sour Patch I Kids. I bought you two kinds of lemonade too. It didn't work. Oh. It didn't have sugar in it. I tried it. It did not work as well as the sweet tarts did. So I ate sweet tarts for I two days I bought a bag straight. of lemons. Um, no, that was not going to be something that I ever did. I'm not going to eat lemons. That hurts. Suck it. No, I did. Sweet tarts. <laughs> okay. So um, I was panicking, though, because like every time I ate something, this thing swelled up to enormous proportions, and it was really, really painful and really embarrassing. And the next day on Monday, I actually had taken the day off because Kid One and I were going with her Girl Scout troop to the ropes course in Indiana. And so I let my co-leaders know, hey, this weird thing is happening with my face. I'm in a lot of pain. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to be able to make it. And I was upset because kid number one is terrified of heights. And she agreed to go. But the understanding was I would be right behind her in case she flipped out. And that way I would be the one to stay on the ground with her um, while everybody else got to go and experience the ropes and the zip lines and things. But fortunately, the swelling calmed down enough Um where when I was eating things, it wasn't like fluffing up to that gigantic proportion. Um, so I got to go to the ropes course anyways, and it was lots and lots of fun. And over kid number one overcame her fear of heights, and she did 
all of the ropes course and she did all of the zip lines that she encountered and it was amazing. And now she wants to go back. And now she wants to go take back. The whole family. She wants to take the whole family, which kid number four is definitely not um, height wise or age wise ready for that. Or weight wise. Or weight wise. She's There's not going to make it all the way down the zip line. There are limits and she has not met any of those limits yet. So she won't be invited. But Put I her think in everybody else would be able to go. Or her backpack. <laughs> She's very tiny. Um, no, it was it was a lot of fun, though. It was great. And also, my cheek was all all better by the end of the trip. So nice. Good. Mm-hmm. So when you segued into this story, yeah, and you were talking about cheeks, I'm like, yeah. where is she going with this? I thought you were talking about it. I'm like, don't bring up a butt story or something. Like, where are you going with this? Butt cheeks. Butt cheeks. I'm like, you didn't like fall on your butt or anything this week. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yes, I forgot about that. It was so long ago. Yeah, a whole <laughs> week ago. <laughs> so loud. It's been a long week. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And on top of that, like, you know, the kids, it was a weird week because, like, the kids didn't have Taekwondo this week. Yeah. And we didn't even speak about this in the last one. So when I was seven, and it was a combination of one, I was in first grade and I was getting bullied. And I was also small for my age, kind of like, I don't know, maybe two kids you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, Ninja Turtles were big. At that Ninja point, Turtles. the cartoon, yeah, <laughs> was just really blown up on the popular scene. That was before the the actual movie came out, the live action. So my parents put me in Taekwondo and um, partway through, like I got put in and then my best friend joined and then his dad and my dad, uh, the owner, talked them into joining, too. So then the four of us went fast forward a few years and uh, we test for our black belts uh, fast forward a little bit more, or actually another year, and the owner was having health problems, so she decided to sell. And my best friend's dad and my dad were going to buy it together, but he's like, "Oh, it's always been my dream to own a martial arts studio." So my dad's like, "Fine, you buy it." So he bought it, and almost immediately got promoted at his day job. Oh, fun! So there was a so you know he buys it, and my dad's running it. <laughs> yeah, to which he's like, "Yeah, this isn't working." And he, the other guy's like, "I'm never there." So then he sold it. That was 31 years ago. Nice that he sold it to my parents. Um, but with COVID and everything, it just really put a pinch on it, and it finally got to the point where they're like, "Enough, we mm-hmm. got to pull the plug." Kids tested; they got their brown belts. Their brown belts—that's exciting. And you know, it, the nice part for them because they're like, "Well, we want to get our black belts." It's like your grandfather, well, first off, your dad's a master in Taekwondo. But second, your grandfather, one, still owns the building, mm-hmm. although he's putting it up for sale. But so they can go down there and practice, or they can just go over to grandpa's house. And he said I, he will stick with it. Uh, my mom still has all their studio memberships and everything at the different vendors. So like the kids, when they want to get their names on their belt for their um, first degree decided black belt which is the cool belt i mean the first one's just plain black but after that you get your name with stripes and your it's your name in english your name in korean it's cool you're giving me that, that look like you guys are such nerds but. it's no it's it's not that it's more of like that's a really long time commitment well it's like another two years right before they get that it's six months after you get your black belt no i mean from brown to that it's like another two mm, years about another year it's not too bad it's not like kid uh, kid three who's like, I want to get the third degree black belt. So I can also get my sword. Sam- yeah, he wants to get this samurai sword. <laughs> I got my samurai sword. It's yeah, in my I closet. Know. 
<laughs> no. I'll sit there and like sharpen it when uh, kid one has dates come over to want to pick her up. Watch out, kid number one. Yeah, watch out, kid number one's dates. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Anyway, uh, so that was it was sad um, because it was it's something we've had around for a very long time. It is sad, but but now your parents get to travel. Yeah, which they are right now. They're off in Utah. Utah. Is that where dad, they went? Your dad wanted to go photograph wild horses, and they <laughs> yes, they found them. I heard all about them. Okay, they decided that Utah was the place to do it. And like I'm listening to this, and all I could think was, why didn't you go down to the Outer Banks? Or to Assateague Bay in Maryland. I think it's called Assateague. Yeah, they just had a tropical um, storm go through there. It's, but it's you know what? There wasn't a tropical storm. Yeah, there's no tropical storms in Utah, so might as well go to Utah. It's Utah. Yeah, everyone keeps like people ask, "Where are your parents?" I'm like Utah. Why? Are, what's in Utah? I'm like, I don't know. Apparently, horses. Horses and Mormons and desert and horses and Mormons. Atomic testing grounds. Sorry, Mormons. Yeah. Atomic testing grounds. That's good. Yeah. And a salty lake. Yep. And that's what kid three... Are there sharks in it? No. Could there be? No, it's too salty. Too salty for sharks? Yes, it's kind of like the Dead Sea. Oh. Are there scrolls in it? No. How do you know? Dead Sea scrolls aren't actually in the Dead Sea either. They're just nearby. Anyway. How do you know? How do I know? You don't know. That's how. That's true. I have not gone to verify. Super yummy whiskey. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, what are we talking about tonight? Mm. Kidney stones in your face. Oh, my God. No, we already <laughs> spoke about that. So now we're going to talk about continuous process improvement, which oh, sounds good. boring, but it's not. So let's segue <laughs> some music, and then we'll get into that. Jessica. Yes. You need a refill? Maybe. <laughs> oh. Are we going anywhere tonight? Up to the kitchen to cook yakitori. But we're definitely not going anywhere tonight. Definitely. Then yes. Okay. Pause for a second so you can get a refill. Yeah. All right. Now are you ready? Well, I'm a little sticky. Why are you sticky? I think I got orange bitters on me. <laughs> Do you need to go wash your hands? No. This is just like podcast life problems. I'm sure there's a hashtag for that or something. Mm-hmm. All right. So tonight we're talking about, uh, or this afternoon, or oh, wow, it's dark out there. It's so dark. Yeah. Um, it's dark and stormy night. We already said that line. I know. Continuous process improvement. And it sounds nerdy, but it, we are nerdy. And we we are such we're nerds. constantly looking at things on how can we improve this for better for next time. Mm-hmm. In this case, don't put the bitters on your fingers. Or if you do, go wash your hands. Or when I still have things <laughs> paused, go wash your hands. I didn't know I was sticky. Oh. So this follows up really well to episode 17, which was our creating your own or building your own performance plan. Mm-hmm. And we went through all the steps on that. And once you get through all, you know, the goal setting and on down the line and you get to number five where you actually build your plan. Yep. And number six, where you kick it off. And number seven was review, reassess, and recycle in case you have to, you don't hit it out of the park the first time, which most people don't. Yep. Even experts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even working with clients, whether that be in business or clinically or in schools, 
rarely, very rarely is it a grand slam out of the park. This is amazing the first time. It usually takes some tweaks and some finessing. And as things evolve and grow, you got to continue to tweak it so that it still stays that custom fit. Yep. I mean, it's kind of like clothing. You can get it tailored. Is it going to be perfect forever? Probably not. Your body's going to grow and change, and then you got to adjust the clothing. For sure. So that's what this episode's about, is uh, how do we approach this? How do we apply it to our lives? And hopefully that'll inspire people to can take that same approach. Cool. Why don't you lead off with coaching? Oh, yeah, coaching. Especially coaching. Since I'm like, one of the questions I used to get all the time when I was coaching track and cross country is, well, when do you start planning for the season? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, I'm always planning for the next season. Uh, I'm planning, you know, like we if somebody asked me in the middle of cross country season, I was already well into planning for the following cross country season, not to mention the track season that would be coming up that spring. It was constantly as we went to every meet, I saved notes on that meet and how did it go and what could we do better? And I used to report it because the athletic director who originally hired me wanted my all my thoughts on all the ones we went to. So I used to give it to him and then he uh, eventually moved up to principal because he was assistant principal and athletic director mm-hmm. and they brought in a new athletic director. And so I would finish each one and I would give him an after action report, which is a very nerdy thing we used to do when I was doing a military contractor. Yeah, but they're important. Uh, they're important. And I give it to him and he came back to me once. He's like, you are so negative all the time. And it's like, I'm not negative. I'm critical. I mean, doing a critical evaluation of this is how it went what could be better and how do we get there and how can we improve this and how can we make the experience better for all of the kids not just the ones on our team or at our school but everyone there everything has room for improvement and the fact that i felt that everything always had room for improvement he felt that nothing was ever good enough well did you ever put in like things that went well oh i did but he just like focused on like like, if it was like Boom, boom, boom. Like there'd be like three paragraphs of positives and one sentence of like, and this is the one thing that could have, you know, if anything had to be improved, this is the one thing. And he's like, would ignore the three paragraphs that I actually went through at one point when he was, he, that was his critical feedback of me. And I went through, I'm like, okay, out of all the emails I've sent you, uh, and just in case people think this is always negative, 94% only had positive statements. <laughs> Out of the 6% that had something that could be viewed as critical or negative or neutral and factual, but not like sunshine and rainbows and sure. unicorns kissing and everything. Unicorns kissing. I like that so much. That that remaining percentage, it also had a ton of positive stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But he chose, like in his criticism of me telling me that I was being negative, decided to focus on the few emails they included negative statements and then ignored all the positive in it, which to me was incredibly comical, although I was not laughing at the time because it's like, you know, oh, it's you and me. So while I didn't say it to him, but it's like the feeling of you came up very, very strongly. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. But he's also... Also, that man... Is incredibly old, so it's not like I can explain to him and I could even lay out stuff. I did go over his head... And this pointed out because he decided to CC the principal hmm. to which I went back and to the principal go, oh, by the way, and I delivered the facts and he went, he's like, look, I would give him corrective feedback, but he's older than my father. That's bullshit. Do like, you know how many people work for me that are <laughs> older than me? I have to none. give them corrective. 
You don't have there anyone. There was one. There was one. And I had to give her lots I of know. corrective feedback. Well, and I, look, how many places did I work where I was younger than, you know, people who worked for me or even my peers, I was younger than their kids. And that's just part of the workplace. But I wasn't going to go to the school principal and go, suck it up, buttercup. What's, you know, be a manager. Maybe you should have. Maybe I should have. Uh, but he also was very stuck in that mind frame that if he was higher on the organizational chart, that meant he was better, smarter than everything. And that's not the case. Uh, being a manager or being on that, that hierarchy means you're better at that role in motivating people in that job. That doesn't mean you're better at everybody at everything. Yep. And honestly, you should be surrounding yourself with people who are better at their role. Absolutely. So it makes the organization better overall. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Some people also have the viewpoint that feedback is designed to be just hypercritical and point out all of the flaws, but that's not what feedback is supposed to do. It's supposed to give you a jumping off point so that you know what needs to be fixed, and then it should also provide you with a path to fix those problems. Very true. Also, feedback should also be positive. You have to include positives with the negatives. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. But don't sandwich it because otherwise... No, no sandwiching. We don't do that. Then you're setting up all your positives as precursors to negatives. Also, then you which can just them ignore all of the effect. negatives and just skip over those because, oh, look, there's okay. more positives down there. But we're getting off on a tangent. That we should do a feedback episode. I guess so. Yes. But <laughs> uh, in coaching, though, it's a constant I have. And like as we sit down in my office and I'm looking over my bookcase where every season of track and cross country, not combined, separately had its own binder. I had my coach's binder. I have all my maps for our running routes. I have the maps for all the courses for cross country. I have every day practice had an agenda. All that stuff went in. Mm -hmm. So every season had a binder. Each binder is a three to four inch binder. Yeah. And as we went along, I kept notes for, and I started building the binder for the next season, Mm -hmm. which obviously we got to the point where it was like, well, I built a binder for a season I never coached because I resigned back in January, but I was ready to go. I was ready to go. It was just a hard decision to make. And it's that constant process of improvement. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, you're do such a great job coaching. Yes. But even I have room for improvement. And so I was critical of myself. Like, what can we do to do this better? What didn't go right? What could I have done better? And then what can I do preemptively to address that? And part of that also gets into, the syllabus, which started out when I started teaching, was a like, two or three page college syllabus included the whole agenda for the entire class, the schedule. And I adapted that when I started coaching. And that was also a short one. And it eventually got once they included all the materials and all my policies and everything, it was like 28 pages. <laughs> Just like with, with hockey, when I'm the commissioner, we had a half page of rules for the league. And that included the half page included the rink logo at the top. And now it's an eight-page thing, and they make fun of it, but it's like it evolved over time. And it includes everything. Yes, including the appeals process and everything. And it's it grew out of when people who had complaints. It's like, okay, guys, when I sit down with the captains, who are essentially the commissioners of the league, I am the commissioner, but they're the board of commissioners, the board of governors are our captains. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? You know, and some of the stuff's dictated to us by the league. And yep. so when we sit down to speed it up, I actually annotate, like, okay, all these things highlighted in red... We can't change, so let's not sit here and debate them. Let's debate the ones we can change. And it's like, okay. Most seasons, we just like, yep, leave it as is. But it is funny for the average player how many go, 
Parco dictates all the rules. And it's because like, they we, don't. No, they, they don't know. But we review it every year. Every every year. Every season. We have three seasons a year. You're. It's a continuous process improvement. Your cross country um, syllabus wound up including a lot of really weird things. Um, I think there is one that involves shoes. On there, like a guideline about having to wear shoes. Well, because that's one of that's actually one of the state rules. The relevant rules from the state says you have you don't have to wear socks, but you have to wear shoes, and have to be you can't be Crocs. They have to actually be running shoes. I feel like there's a bunch of rules that you wound up writing because of. Have to cut all of that out, but no, there was just the one that uh, when they had to do their all my runners kept a uh, performance log Mm. and what they did and. Not just the one that I just bleeped out, but the uh, a few others that same season got really abusive in terms of turning their stuff in digitally. Mm-hmm. Like they shared to their Google Drive and said, "Go find it." No, and like in one of them, the one I bleeped out actually literally said, "Go find it." And to which I'm thinking, I'm sitting in my office. It's 11:30 at night. Uh, I'm tired. F- I- you 12 year old. Well, he wasn't 12, that. but it what the thought did cross my mind. Like, <laughs> who the f- do you think you are? <laughs> and then I go look at his Google Drive and it is like almost at capacity. Oh, I am like so not in the mood for this. Send me the link for the the file. I'll go find that. But I just said, forget it. Hard copy. The other nice part of that was when on the days where I sent them out for long runs or in track when they're doing their 800 meter warm up jog and all their warmer exercises, uh, I had them throw them all in milk crates. And then we go sit down and I quickly check the logs, the paper logs. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the improvement process. Like I'm not accepting these things digitally anymore. There was also the season where I said, if you signed up by a certain date for cross country, I would go and print your log, which was great. Cause one, they're yeah. way thinner than having binders. Mm-hmm. The problem is like, I spent all this money to get these things printed up, but they came out of my own pocket. Yep. And then we had, that was the season where we had, I mean, it felt like a lot of kids quit, but it was really only, six kids at one of our biggest seasons yeah, we had over over 40 yeah but there was a price tag on these because i had For sure i had was. them bound i had them they were they were spiral they bound were with lovely. laminated covers and mm-hmm. heart and heavy duty paper and uh i probably spent too much on them but they were nice quality so the kids who stuck through the season got a nice log they could keep and the thing was the kids figured out because they tracked their performance and so the beginning of the next season i said okay what are your prs what are your course records uh what did you do last year and now we're getting, oh, look, we just got a request for uh, Kid One to uh, uh, play hockey tomorrow. Hang on for a minute. <gasps> and thanks to the uh, the magic of post-production, I'll just splice that section out where I was responding that, yes, Kid One will go play bad hockey. Hooray. Hooray. Maybe I'll go play too if they're shorthanded. I play in the game right after that, so like we don't have to stay late. The nice thing is it's summer vacation, so you don't have to come pick her up unless I'm playing the late game. She and I were getting out. And actually, that was nice. Like, Not that you had the thing in your cheek, but it, the nice thing was that <laughs> um, I played and she played uh, bad. I went and um, I just took my pads off and changed shirts, but I, and I put flip-flops on instead of skates. And I came out and I still had my hockey pants on and my hockey shin pads. And she got changed and came out and we hung out by the boards and we talked and we chatted with some other guys. And yeah, it was fun. Good. Anyway, so that that's track and cross country and coaching and even with uh, hockey too. Although hockey's a little bit harder because I don't get as much notice. Like track and cross country, I was the running those programs, so I always knew season to season this is what I gonna ha- I'm gonna have. And I'm pretty much the athletic director didn't do 
for us. So I had to go and contact other coaches and other schools and try to put together the schedule because he would do the bare minimum. And I go, okay, these are the other ones I want. And oh, by the way, these are the dates that are happening. And I've already confirmed that they're going, but you have to give the rubber stamp that yes, we're going and sign the, that we will pay the check to go. Yep. Hockey, I have to wait and see to, um, you know, Mr. Rink owner runs the show. So he'll ask, and I assume I'll be coaching. He's implied that I'm coaching, but I don't know who I'm coaching or what team I'm coaching. At the end of the day, it's his program. I'm just coaching. Whereas track and cross country, I ran the program. Yeah. Which in some ways it's much nicer because it doesn't take nearly the time. He gets to do all the the long hours and sweating it out. I just got to. That's what happens when you own the rink. Yeah. You have to do the long hours. You know what, though? He's doing a good job at it. He's fantastic. I know he is. We all love Mr. Rinkowner. And it takes a lot of the stress off. Even Um, the kids love Mr. (laughs) Rinkowner. But how about we shift gears a little bit and continuous process improvement. Another one is uh, the process improvement, the process of improving ourselves. Okay. Wow, it's coming down hard. I mean, I wonder if the mics are picking us up, but it just suddenly monsoon downpour outside the window. Anyway, um... The improvement of yourself in terms of exercise and diet, how do you address continuous improvement and evaluation of that? I mean, you can look at basic metrics like, are your clothes fitting? What is the scale telling you? How big do you appear in the mirror? All of those are ways to get data about how your diet and exercise plan is going. It doesn't need to be just hard data. I mean, no, it, it doesn't. It could be perceptional data. I mean, like, how do you perceive yourself? How, am I happy? No. Yes, it I can. mean, it can, but just... If it's just you. Mm-hmm. How about this? How about for just you? For just you? Your diet, your workout routine. Are we talking about me specifically? Yes. Oh, <laughs> everything is bad. <laughs> it's all bad right now. Everything is bad. This is like the anti-Lego movie. This is... <laughs> everything is not awesome. <laughs> no, it shouldn't even be not awesome. It should just be everything is bad. <laughs> Nothing is cool and you're not part of the group. <laughs> no, it's so bad right now. Where are you at with all this? Um, I, I didn't am... say tell me how much you weigh. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to do that. Everything that I bought when I first started going back to work is currently super snug, which is not a good thing. Shut up. Inappropriate hand gestures. It's not a good thing right now at all, Um, especially going into summer. Like, that sucks. But, uh, like, I'm not exercising. The diet has gone completely out the window. So we have a purchaser for my company, and we send her our orders. You going to purchase more clothes for her? No. These are orders for things for our kids. Sorry, I'm making another cocktail. We'll send her our orders. Um, The seniors, they're called seniors. I'm not going to explain it to you. Moving on. They put in a weekly order of general things that we need in the building, like pens, toilet paper, paper towels, forks, things like that. Candy. No. So the purchaser, actually, they've never requested candy. The purchaser, though, it's like this is a building full of women. They need some candy in their lives and we'll send. Dudes need candy, too. I'm sure that if he knew about the candy, he would eat it, too. Um. She will send us a bag of candy like once a month. 
And it is not just like poopy grandma candy. It is like, it's bag of almond joys. Back up. And- <laughs> poopy gra- like, I know what grandma candy is, but poopy grandma candy? Grandma candy is all poopy. It's gross. Okay. And that's why it sits there for 30 years and collects dust because none of those kids are ever going to eat them. You totally work with kids. Anyway. You know what grandma candy is. I know. Just the fact that you called it poopy grandma candy. Look. It's, it's bad. I'm smoking another beverage. So Good for you. Anyways, she will send a bag of candy and then she's like, okay, it's on its way. It'll be there on Tuesday. And I added a bag of candy to your order. And I'm like, no, because candy is really hard for me to resist. And it's just freely available right there in my office or in the drawer or in the jar that sits on the front desk. It's a thing. Especially those pesky Almond Joys and Snickers. I really like Snickers. It's got peanuts. Yes. Yeah. No. So this has uh, the free I'm access. Admi- I'm admiring Look, the smoke. The free access to the candy has been bad. The lack of exercise has been bad. The dietary um, life changes that we made over last summer completely out the window. So that is bad. And it has led to not like a significant weight gain, but about 10 pounds. And that's upsetting. And it's enough to make everything that I bought for work no longer fit as nicely as it did before and that's a bummer so i'm gonna be starting from ground zero thanks <laughs> this has been fun so yes but in terms of process improvement fired as a husband <laughs> in terms of process improvement though what are you doing about it are you going to do anything are you going to implement change or other than just going everything sucks this is bull- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go eat some worms. I'm doing a lot of that right now. Okay. Um, I have made tiny dietary changes. I do not attack the bag of candy every day. So that's good. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby, Baby steps. steps. Look, there's a difference between attacking the bag of candy every day and only doing it on super stressful days because you're a stress eater like me. Okay. Okay. Um, also, packing my lunch every day with something... That's like tuna fish or chicken salad or hard-boiled eggs yeah, versus like that. four slices of pizza. I tried I to do that for pizza. you um, for when I lasted a week. You did not continue it. No, the and problem I'm was school got out. It was, it was easier when the kids were still in school. Yeah, that's because you had to get up early. <laughs> but we kicked it off and then school got out. You work from home. It's nice. I know. You get to sleep in. It's good for you. I, I don't. I'm up with you. But you're not every packing. morning I'm up with you, and on the weekends I'm up before you because I get up at the same time every day. But you're not packing my lunch. No, I'm not packing your lunch. Um, yeah. So tiny things like that. I know that they they will add up to big changes, but that's honestly that's all that I'm capable of right now. I have not figured out how to build exercise into my schedule because I'm working like eleven or twelve hours a day. Well, including travel, yes, including travel. Um, but. That leaves me at working 10 hours a day and that and that kind of sucks too. So and like we didn't open our pool this year. So that's a bummer. I really hate the treadmill. I do not want to get up early to get on the f- treadmill. Um, I would get up early to get in the pool. I've done that. I did that all last summer. It was awesome. But the pool is closed this year because of the chlorine situation in the country. And that sucks. Well, and the we're sh- actually short in this area on um, of the good <laughs> pool technicians yeah pool companies it's it's a thing we're down by two of them 
who just decided they've gone into other lines of work to provide for their families. And so there's fewer that are reliable. Yeah. Um, so between demand on them and the price of chlorine, yeah, our pool's closed. It's closed. It's sad. Maybe next year. Um, but that Hopefully took, next year. That took away like my favorite avenue of exercise. There's biking. I adore my bike. I love being on my bike. I'm not going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go bike around the town that we live in in the dark. That is, I just don't want to die that much. So that's not an option. I don't have a trainer for my bike. So that's where I'm at with exercise right now. Also, I get home and I basically pass out on the couch until it's time to go to bed. And then I go to bed. Pretty much. So, yeah. How about you? But maybe first off, what are you drinking over there? I saw you light something on fire. Yes, I lit something on fire. You probably could hear it. Uh, This is, so this one's not a cocktail. This is just straight up whiskey. You don't even have a cube in it. I I do. It already melted. It was pretty. Oh, it was hot. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty thin. But it was the last one I had left in the uh, coffee mug I brought down to kind of insulate them. Anyway, this is Traverse City Whiskey Company's uh, bourbon whiskey infused with Traverse City cherries. Ooh. Ooh, this is one that your coworker left in your desk, <laughs> which I was teasing. I'm like, is she trying to get you fired? But it was a thank you gift. Yeah. She's super sweet. I adore her. She is her. super sweet. She's my wife. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Anyway. She is, um, <laughs> Poured some of that in, put a, uh, put a cube in, put the smoker lid on it, and then this time I used cherry wood chips with the cherry whiskey. That is cherry. It Ooh. is cherry yeah, as you take a swig straight out of the bottle. I don't have a tiny glass. I know. I just have the my The fun glass. thing was, uh, as you were telling your story, so the the glass, and I've been using this one from Coach Dan, the, the world's best ass coach, um, Marco Tomasi glass. There's imperfections in the glass, which I actually love, but in terms of putting the disc on top, it let all, so as I was smoking it, there's smoke wafting out and going over the control panel. You all right there? Oh, God. It's so cherry. It is cherry. So if you're looking for a cherry whiskey. You could totally pour that in a cherry Coke and you would be the happiest person on the planet. You would would not taste it. Uh -uh. That that could be dangerous. Uh Yeah. Or Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming cherry is one of the 23 flavors. There's no way it's not. Anyway. uh, So that's what I'm drinking. In terms of my uh, continue, I'm constantly evaluating where I'm at. I'm looking at data from my Fitbit. I'm looking at data from the scale. I'm looking at data all over the place. I know that um, looking back, even though there's ups and downs, there's a variability every day in my weight, in, in my exercise and everything. Is it a lot of variability, though? Um, it could be as much as like a really bad day is a three-pound three jump, and that could be water weight plus actual weight change, but... Um, the overall trend though, from April until now though, has been up and I'm not happy about that. Okay. And honestly, what's frustrating is during the COVID year, when we, we, you and I were going biking a lot together and everything. Walks like multiple times a day. Probably the best shape of my life. And right now I'm feeling a little, let's say fluffy. Uh, I'm not that far off. I'm still within the range I've been since I turned 40. Um, but also, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost to my target weight. And now I'm about 10 pounds off of that, mm-hmm. 10 to 12 pounds off of that. And it's uh, frustrating. I know where the fault lies. Um, the kids have had a lot of potato <laughs> chips in the house. They've had a lot of popcorn, especially cheddar popcorn. Oh, my God. I love bags of cheddar popcorn. So they have like, oh, I'll just have a handful. 
Yeah. Which leads to another handful, which leads to another handful, which leads to too many. They're so salty and wonderful and tiny. I love... That's the problem is they're so damn tiny. Well, as much as you love chocolate... I love chocolate. I crave salty treats. I eat that too. And so like, especially like... Kid number three's got this giant bag, uh, and he puts it. He has a little bit when he puts the chip clip on and everything, but it's sitting out during lunches and of uh, fried dill pickle. Oh my god! Potato chips. Oh my the god! Dill pickle chips are so freaking good. And then kid two loves the uh, the cheddar popcorns. Man, I'm not gonna eat. That. But I love those, and it's things I love, and it's Ooh, hard is to it resist the white them. Cheddar though, because I will. Eat well, both that. the white cheddar and the yellow cheddar, which is actually oh. orange cheddar. I don't care. I love the cheddar popcorns. So, I mean, everything in moderation, but, you know, a couple kernels, fine. A handful, maybe. Nah, 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 I want all the popcorn. So I want I, all the chips is what does you in. When we so, lived in Virginia. And I'm not getting as much exercise in because it's been. It's, it's summer and you're here with the kids. Well, but it's also the pool's closed. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not getting my swimming in. I'm not getting my biking in because you and I can't trade off and kid one is sleeping in way too late. Now, part of the process improvement is I've added more running. I've added more treadmill, of course, right now because we got rain every day. But I've been getting up and going for runs before you go to uh, go to work. I've been leaving. I've got my reflective little vest type thing. It's actually just straps that go across Whatever, my shoulders. Whatever, it keeps you shiny so and people I, see you. And I've got my blinky lights that I put on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I go out early in the morning and I get to work. Now, I, those days I have downtrends. But the days where I get up and I have, you know, I'm like, oh, some coffee before i go run you know what it gets to be about 11 o'clock before i even get to go run at that point i'm on the treadmill because all the kids are up mm-hmm. yeah the nice part is like kid one is of age where she can babysit yep if i can get her like get up and you're in get charge her out of her room yes but it's part of that process improvement i gotta look and see how i tweak my schedule and tweak the process so that i can continue on this improved health journey sure. so that could be around to like torment my embarrass my children and your wife. And my wife. Yay. Yay. How about this? Switching gears. You're a behavior analyst, uh, a clinical behavior analyst. Yeah. You're board certified. You're licensed in the state of Michigan. You have all sorts of clients. We can't talk about specific clients. And I actually Correct. don't even really want to talk about your company. But in general, when you're doing clinical work in behavior analysis, continuous process improvement is an is part of the job it is like it's in terms of the clients and their programs so can you speak to that a little bit every single day i open up their data for their various behaviors and i look at it and i am looking at trends obviously for the maladaptive behaviors i want to see those trending down towards zero it's very important that we get those behaviors down as far or as close to zero as possible before they transition back to regular school or transition back into the regular classroom. Do you always get them all the way to zero? Absolutely not. But it's actually not necessary to do that. Because if you go into like a typical classroom of, say, second graders, you're going to see a wide variety of various behaviors. Kids are going to engage in a lot of these behaviors. I'm laughing a little bit because when I worked in the schools, and I worked at a variety of elementary schools, yeah, second grade... And (laughs) one of the colleagues I worked with actually came up with a online digital paperless referral system, which also allowed us to look at all the referral referral data, the discipline referral data. Second grade was always the best. And we we pretty much hypothesized this was because second graders are old enough where they've learned all the rules. They've made the adjustments that the kindergartners and the first graders 
quite haven't fully adjusted to yet. But they don't feel like they own the joint yet, like the third, fourth, and fifth graders. Fifth graders are the worst. Oh, they're the worst, because they're like, <laughs> oh, we we own this town. We run this <laughs> shit. Um, But the second graders was that happy, perfect ground where they, they've they uh, habituated to, to the system. The they know how to do the things. They know how to comply and follow directions. But they aren't too big for their britches yet. Yeah. But anyway. Um, no. And by the way, uh, maladaptive behavior for the non-nerd group we have listening. Bad behavior. So like crying, whining, hitting people, throwing things, flopping on the floor, running away from the teacher, that sort of thing. Things all that are All those useful. things that you don't want to happen, those are all maladaptive behaviors. Yeah. Um, so Throwing chairs across the room for my clients. Yeah. So it's like... Lo- you know, I'm like basically launching a chair at the teacher and then turning to the te- the other the rest of the class and with both <laughs> middle fingers up going, suck it. Kids are so funny. <laughs> well, my clients were a lot of fun. Oh, it's like, I mean, let me address this. Like, <laughs> and when it's all done, I'm going to close the door to my office and put my head on my desk and just start laughing <laughs> as I try to write up what the hell just happened. I mean, they do funny shit. Kids are hilarious. Anyway. Even yes, our own kids do funny If something is adaptive, it's what you want to see. It's uh, proactive. It's appropriate behavior. Pro-social and mal- behaviors. Yes. And maladaptive is... Bad. Yes. You not appropriate. Not constructive. Not what you want to see. Yeah. So like... Going back to your clients. Okay. So... Um, okay. So like some level of maladaptive behavior is appropriate depending on the child's age. So in second grade, we are not really expecting our kids to sit in their chairs nonstop and be perfect little humans who never engage in any sort of refusal or crying or whining behavior. That's just not going to happen. They're not at that. They're not high schoolers. They cannot do that yet. Um, They might say, I don't want to read this paper. And they'll have a moment that lasts for one or two minutes and then they get over it and they do the thing that we tell them to do. I have a couple of clients where I'm like, you guys are going to school. It's going to be amazing. And they are at that point now where they're like, no, I don't want to write my spelling words. And then they write their spelling words. And in IEP meetings, I talk about this and I'm like, yes, they're still engaging in refusal behaviors, but their refusal behaviors are lasting for one minute or less. And if you go into the typical classroom, you are going to find like 10 other kids who are also doing the exact same thing. So this behavior is typical of the the age group that this child is in. And that's awesome. Um, but it's not at zero. So you don't necessarily have to be at zero to be like mainstreamed and, and considered normal. There is no normal. There is. There is no normal. Statistically speaking, there is. No. But in re- all reality and with humans, there's not. There's no normal. There's things that people find socially acceptable. Yes. And I like that term better, socially acceptable than normal. Right. I, I hate the word normal. I always, I when, when people say normal, I always throw all sorts of caveats at that. It's normal. I think it's normal to sit in my room by myself. You might not, but I do. It's fine. It's not. It's it, not hurting it, anyone. It's not hurting anyone. It's not inappropriate. Now, it is when it becomes maladaptive. Right. Where it's, it's not like, impeding my ability to learn or to function as a human. When it impedes your ability to function as a human, as an adult in society, yes, it is. In terms of like going out and working or seeing your children or yeah. having dinner with your family, 
But in terms of like, oh, it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon on a Saturday and you want to go sit in your room and read a book, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That's not abnormal. No. So my my goal as a clinician is, one, to get those behaviors down to as close to zero as possible. It is never fun when you have a client who's smacking themselves in the face nonstop. That sucks. It's hard for the parent. It's hard for me. It's hard for my staff. Um, it's hard when you've got a kid who's bashing her head into the wall. When Nobody you wants clint, to see when, that. When they get a math worksheet put in front of them and they throw again another, throw a desk <laughs> you across a the room. Desk flippers, didn't I you? had a lot of desk flippers <laughs> and tell you to like suck my f-ing nuts. You know that is it's it's a thing. It happens. It's a thing. Now some things. What is age appropriate and normal, quote unquote normal, but really what is age appropriate changes with age. Absolutely. Um, and so. When there's just a crying fit, if we were to give kid four, who is four years She's old, four. She's a if we were to give her a multiplication test and put it in front of her and say, you cannot play and be with your friends and play video games or anything until you complete this. And she broke down in tears. That would probably be age appropriate. Absolutely. None if of we, those four year old. Well, I if we gave that none. to our nephew, who is 17, about to turn 18, who's in high school and he was supposed to do single digit multiplication table to get access to the Nintendo switch. And he broke down in tears. That would not be age appropriate, especially since he's typically developing. He does not have learning disabilities. It would impede his ability to do single digit multiplication. Right. Yeah. So it's all, it's relative to what you, you know, developmentally where you're supposed to be at. Yes. Um, with, so, yeah, my goal is always to go get it as close to zero as possible. Way, but if not- I can't get it to zero, I want it within normative ranges of what is expected of that child in that age range. I just want to say our nephew doesn't act like that, but I gave he him. He does not. Because he's still, out of our nieces and nephews, he's the only one in high school. Yes, everybody else is long. He's either in college oh, or wait, in junior high. True. We do have a niece who is in junior high. Oh, solid point. She's only going to eighth grade. Right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, if I can't completely knock it out, I'm going to get it down to where it should be for them to function in a regular classroom. Or if they're not going to be going to a regular class, then okay, are we going to a group home? Are we going to a day program? What are we doing with your life? Are we going to work? Some um, clients are older and they're not going to go to school. They are going to get jobs and they're going to have to function in a group of people doing um, maybe a repetitive task. And that's okay. Um, you know, when I worked in Tallahassee, one of the places I, uh, I helped out at, um, briefly, it was not one of my primary assignments, but it was a center for adults and they either were learning, uh, trade skills mm-hmm. and most of them never progressed past the learning trade skills. Okay. But the ones who did, it was like, essentially, have you ever seen the light bulbs say box by the blind? Yep. It was kind of like that. It was like, can we put, do very simple tasks, things that probably could have done done by a robot, but it gives them a sense of being, a chance to earn money, a chance to have a sense of purpose. Independence. Yes. Well, even something approximating independence. Yeah. So there was a lot of that going on. Um, One of the people that supervised me for a time period while I was in Florida, um, he had some clients that worked at a wood, like a uh, oh, woodworking. What's the word for woodworking? 
Wood shop? Yeah, at a wood shop. <laughs> and you had that class. You went to public school. I did have wood shop. It sucked. I didn't me. have wood shop. I don't like drills and saws and things that can put, cut your body parts off. It's scary. Anyways, he had some clients that worked at a wood shop, and it was awesome because all they did was they employed people with disabilities, and they taught them how to do their specific area that they worked in, and they made Adirondack chairs. And it was really freaking cool because, like, these people would be in charge of sanding and these people over here would be in charge of cutting and these people would be in charge of planing and these people would be in charge of screwing. And it was awesome. Um, And he took me there one day and I was like, this is amazing. And also, Adirondack chairs are really, really nice. So great job, guys. You're making beautiful work. Fantastic. Dead air. (laughs) Sorry, I had a hockey sub text. Along with another a guy. Subtext. Who, another. Yeah, he finally texted back after I texted him this morning. Because um, being a hockey captain, hockey commissioner, your work's never done. Along with the guy who is also like putting out the picture of wedding time. Like, dude, you were so clearly in a men's room. Wedding time? Wedding time. He's wearing a vest. He's down by is the. Is he ho- getting married? No. He's like the, one of the groomsmen. Oh. But he did a selfie in the restroom. You can clear, clearly see in the. the bathroom. Gross. You can see the stalls behind him. Like, all I can think is because it's, it's cake in there. Based on what he's wearing, it's totally a hipster a wedding. Urinal cake. Oh my god, it's a hipster wedding, and oh, all fun. I can yeah, with the vests and the you know everything. I'm like, we had our wedding in a men's r- restroom before it was cool. So hipster. No, we didn't. No, him. Oh <laughs> yeah, or the one he attended. Anyway, shifting gears a little bit. Okay. Because we could go through all sorts of stories of work. Oh, wait, no, I didn't actually explain what I do as a clinician with continual um, assessment. Okay. Why don't you do that before your stomach growls so much that it eats us? (laughs) Yeah, no. So it's every day I'm looking at my client's data to see if it's trending downward the way that I want it to for maladaptive behaviors or is trending upward for their um, replacement behaviors and their, um, like, and their skills behaviors. So if I'm trying to teach them their ABCs, is that working? Is, is Are our methods working to teach them their ABCs? If things are not working, I am going to go in and I'm going to tweet. I am going to tweak my behavior program to get those behaviors down or up depending on which way I want to go. I have had so many clients where I've got like four or five versions of of the behavior plan because I need to get it just right. Maybe it doesn't work on the first try. It takes four or five revisions before it actually works and sticks for that client to be successful in their environment. It's super important to always be evaluating and revising as needed so that that person can have the best possible outcome um, so they can live a successful independent life. Well, yeah, because people grow and change. You got to grow and change with it. Well, you do. Also, parents like I work with teeny tiny, adorable, cute kids with autism like they are. They're two and three years old. It's wonderful. I love it. Parents are not going to be around forever. They're here now. But when that kid is like 30, 40, 50 years old, they need to be able to do things on their own. Their parents are not going to live forever. So it's super important that they know how to bathe themselves. They know how to clothe themselves. They know how to go to the bathroom on their own, among other skills. Like we always focus, there's a, a big push to, uh, to focus on academics, but 
that's not all that's needed. We need to focus on those basic life skills that we take for granted every day so that we can be How successful to to store, in all areas of life. Food. Absolutely. We don't get to do that because of like we just don't have well, with the, the resources groups, to you're do not it. Teaching three yeah, we don't need to teach a two year old how to go grocery shopping. That would be awesome. But we or are, we don't a, do that. You know, um three star Michelin yeah. uh, Michelin star menu. No, for our two and three year old friends, we are teaching them how to go to the bathroom. We're teaching them to to feed themselves, to clothe wash themselves, their wash their hands, all that good stuff. But we're also teaching them like how to play with toys appropriately and how to ask for help if they need it and all that good stuff. So we're going to spend more time. We've got uh, an episode slated where we're going to talk about what you do Yay. in general. I love my job so much. It's so great. So what's what, as I was trying to do with shift gears okay. and um, way back in August, September, somewhere in there, we did the back to school episode and we, we spoke about shifting gears and we had a big decision to make and we, I mean, it's a family thing and it fits with this episode of continuous process improvement and for a long time, when it came to school for our kids, every spring, you and I reevaluated because we were sending our kids to private school. Mm-hmm. We we're sending them to a Catholic school. We were reevaluating. Is this the place they should be? Because the school districts that we're zoned for in their school choice around here. So like sure. the school district we're zoned for and the surrounding school districts are very good, highly they rated are very good public schools. schools. But we chose to send them to the Catholic school that I went to growing up. Mm-hmm. And every spring we just evaluate it. And it was funny because a lot of the people um, at the school, especially administrators, always felt like, oh, we were they they almost took it for granted. <laughs> like you're an alum, your siblings are all alums, your you know, your kids already go here. Your kids of are here. Gonna do it oh anymore. yeah, you're you're they just took it for granted. But it's like, no, we take a hard look at this every spring before we actually go. Like, oh, we have your your deposit down every spring. Like 250 bucks versus the like basically 10 grand 11 grand 12 15 grand 16 i don't know how much yeah. school costs <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> like for all of them it was like 16 grand it's just like i mean come on you can buy a small car you can or under i mean you can we have four kids they're gonna want some cars uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know corsicas for everyone there you go but uh, do they even make it's a anymore? it's an evaluation that we would make every year and look at it. And so this year, it, it's actually one we didn't sit down because of everything going on. But we we switched the school district. So, that, you know, part of this, too, is why don't we do this right here while we're doing this is talk about in hindsight, did we make a good choice and going forward? Because we don't have them signed up for private school next year. We're sticking with we're gonna our stick guns, with public school, public school. But. Did we make a good choice? I think that we did. Okay. The feedback that I've gotten from all three who are in school right now has been wonderful. All three are happy. They were all successful. Um, I, I'm not surprised by kid number one or kid number three. I never anticipated them having a difficult time. They're very outgoing. outgoing. They're very social. They're very, very bright. To be fair, Kid 2 is kid very two bright, is too. very bright too. Yeah. And I am not discluding him for a reason. Um, but his He's concerns got... are different than Kid 1 and Kid 3. And people who've listened to a lot of our episodes know that he's got challenges. Yep. He has he... autism and he has ADHD. And it's fine. It's not a secret. It's not something that we're embarrassed by. It just is. Um, and he does not learn the same way as Kid number 1 and Kid number 3. 
And that's okay. Like we need learners of every single ability and on every level in this world. It's fine. But he does have some unique concerns. And I think that this switch to public school has been very, very good for him because this year I have been able to sit with him and have a conversation. I have not been able to have a back and forth conversation that lasted for more than one exchange with my son for his entire like nine and a half years of life. Ten, ten years of life. <laughs> oh my God, no, Jessica. I know how old he is. <laughs> I know he didn't speak at the first part. No, it's not. It's not that it's he's fixing to turn 11. I, I don't. OK, 10 years for his entire 10 years of life. That is a big deal. I have been persistent. I have not been quiet. I have been the squeaky wheel to get my kid the services that he needs. I thought at the time that we were making the right decision with the staff, which I'm not saying anything bad about the staff. I adore the staff at the private school. They did wonders for this kid. They worked so hard for him to get him up to this level because when he first started school, like he was still biting himself. He was still tantruming nonstop. It was, it was very, very terrible. So I give them all the credit in the world, but I could not have that back and forth. He did not have friends really this year. I can have that back and forth. He has more support at this school. They have taught him so many things and they've done it in like a group environment with other kids who also have these challenges and it has been so nice for him. It really has been lovely and I'm so happy with the decision that we made for him because I think that he has grown by leaps and bounds and he would not be at this point if we had left him at the private school just because they don't have access to the same resources that the public school does. And it all comes down to funding. If if there was more funding available to the private school, I have no doubt that they would put the things in place that kid at, at the elementary level, they would have put the things in place. I love how you're place. responding because I'm over here making a face. I know exactly why you're making right. that face. How about this? How about this? What's because of... It's a very impassioned thing for It me. is very impassioned, so I'm trying to like tone down the passion a little bit. Okay. With uh, me being a analytical nerd, and let's attack this one at a kid, one at a time, kid by kid, in chronological order. Okay. So kid one, I... And by the way, I'm not arguing with anything you had to say. Sure. Um, kid one, we knew would make friends quickly. She and- is the epitome <laughs> of social butterfly. Well, she could go make friends with like a frog. And she repeatedly mm-hmm. said, and as we went through this, and I think we've brought up, and you really do need to listen to middle school melodrama episode <laughs> because it's like the stories she has are hilarious. She misses her friends at the old school. Yep. She does not want to go back to the old school. No. She absolutely loves the new school. She loves her friends at the new school. She wishes her friends from the old school would come to the new school because there's more opportunities. There's more. There's so many kids. There's more, 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 more. And the as much as the old school, and I, I don't want to beat up on it because it's also my alma mater. Um, but also when we talked about it the back in the fall, going back to school episode, it was the head knew where to go. The heart was stuck with it. And part of that was being nostalgic for Those what the hearts. school used to be. That's not what it is anymore. Uh, there's just more opportunity, more educational opportunity at the public school. And it's a good choice for her. And she has thrived there. And within a few days she had 
Actually, within the first day, she had friends. Within a few days, she had her girl squad and also the loosening of COVID where they got to have more kids at the lunch tables and everything helped with that. And she has a big girl squad. And actually, she, on her private Instagram account, she put up a poster. She drew a little cartoon picture. It's so cute. Of all the new friends she made this year. Hopefully, that doesn't make her friends at the old school sad because she's still doing Girl Scouts so she can be around them. Just because you have new friends doesn't mean you have to, like, it's not a one-for-one trade-off. You can have more friends from multiple schools. Um, so for her, I think it long run was good. She was also at the point where she was ready to quit band. Because the long-term band instructor had been there for a long time, retired, and financially it was he, he had to. He retired at the end of 2019. Jeez, you're hungry. Anyway, he retired he, he retired in 2019, and they brought in new instructors for 2020 who then promptly quit, and there's a whole story behind that that we're not getting into. No. Anyway, um, but between that and COVID, she's like, this is miserable. It's not fun. Yeah, also, when, even when the so the legacy instructor was there, she was the one girl percussionist, and all the boys took bass drum and snare, and she was left with xylophone because that actually took musical talent to play different notes. You, you had... Well, from snare drum, it's how you hit it and where you hit it. Well, okay, same thing with xylophone, but now you got to hit multiple notes. So she played that, and she had had piano practice. She, we had to convince her to stick with it for sixth grade band, and all of a sudden, those band instructors have such a. She has the best. Ba- they are so nice, and they're so encouraging and wonderful. It's lit, awesome. Lit a fire under her, but also because the school has more resources financially, they can pay licenses. So, like. At the concert, they're playing music from the theme song from Avengers, which for schools, they have to pay the licensing fee Yeah, to get that sheet music. And for a sixth grader, that got her so excited. You know, the, the what they call the wheel where you do technology and art and woodshop, which a woodshop was more of problem solving and not so much cutting and bandsaws and all those things where people get hurt growing up. Mm-hmm. Um computer programming she she absolutely loved it inspired her her homeroom teacher was also her science teacher which is one of her favorite subjects it just she did well and she's excelling next kid down the line is kid uh, kid two who's our kid with autism and adhd he had a wonderful class and part of that was he went in he was nervous but he made a friend right off the bat because he a kid he had known since learned to play yeah he plays hockey with who is also just happens to be one of the sweetest little kids on the planet. Yeah. Um, in addition to being a hockey player. And that led into, but he's got friends who, before he had kids who were classmates who he called friends, but it's like, these are just the only kids you really know. And they did their own thing and they did sports, but now he's got kids who are into Pokemon cards like him and have similar interests. And, the, because the pool of students is so large, there's students like him. And that's even before he goes off to the resource teacher. But even when we sat down for the IEP, which I, at the other school, which just didn't have... It just didn't have the resources. It didn't have the resources because they got whatever was left over from the public school yeah. that is that school, the private school is in the zone for that public school, which is not the private school our kids go to. Or I mean, the public school our kids go right. to. So there wasn't the resources available. We go over to the IEP for the new school and it's like, oh, do you want this and this? And well, we don't, you don't need this. Well, this person has got extra time. As a practitioner. Yeah. Our child's IEP meeting was the most magical thing 
I have ever seen. Like I was prepared to go in guns blazing, like being because the that's epitome what always, of a Karen to get my kid what he needs. That's what we've always and had to do. I, and, I didn't have to do that. It was <laughs> great. Because we had the social worker and the one res- all catch-all resource teacher at the private school on our side. Absolutely. Working with us, plus us going in guns blazing just to get like an hour a month of speech. Of speech. We go into the private school and they're like, we'll give you a speech every week. We'll, we'll give, give you a PT. We'll give PT. you OT. We'll, well give you whatever. You except don't for really behavior need OT, because they don't have behavior. But the OT analyst has got extra time. So we'll throw that in too. And it's like, this is awesome. Um, What I really loved was that they sent quarterly updates on where he was at with meeting his IEP goals. And I don't know if this is just standard practice now across all public schools or if this is specific to ours because... I, I'm not involved with the public schools in our area anymore or, or ever. Um, I was involved with the public schools in Florida, but that was like over a decade ago. So I don't know if it's just things have changed, but they would send home packets quarterly of where your child is with this specific goal for each goal listed in the IEP. And there, there would be a graph, which yay, let's nerd out over this graph And then there will be a very detailed explanation of everything that they put into place to bring this behavior up um, and things that they were actively doing and like how they measured this behavior and all that good stuff. And that was delightful for me as a parent and as a practitioner to see. I really, really love that. I would say even his uh, his classroom teacher, his regular classroom teacher, was She's phenomenal. awesome, which I already love that we've already been informed that she will be his fifth grade teacher because yep. she is moving up to fifth grade yeah. because that's a large group and they need an extra teacher and she's going up and he's already been assigned to her. So it's mm-hmm. like perfect. But she was awesome in terms of letting us know what was going on. Like one day she's like, he seems a bit off. And it's like, yeah, yeah. he didn't take his his. Pill, no pill this morning today, sorry this morning and it happens every once in a while not often very rarely like i think that was the only time it had happened that entire year so yay us good job parents um well no but what we, I, we, we do put systems in place to make sure that he does it right he needs to be independent we're not going to be here forever he needs to know to take his own damn medicine um what i really love though about this teacher is but she noticed and she cared and she she didn't punish him for it. She just said, "Hey, she I want you to know, us. yeah, something's this has off. happened. That I, there is a problem. Do you know what it is? I want you to be aware of it in case you need to follow up with your doctor. Blah blah blah. That's great. That's um, something that we didn't. Depending on the year and the teacher, we did not get every year from the other school. Nope, we got a lot of sunshine and rainbows from the other Always. school, which, which was a little bit I shocking get. in the first parent-teacher we got, where they tell us he's like a grade level behind on reading." Which he has now caught up on. Yeah, he's great at reading now. But that one, we were suspecting something was off. And we, especially, I don't want to call out the teacher, but we had a teacher who literally we had observed putting her feet up on the desk, just sitting back and chilling. And he had more than one occasion. And when the second time, it's like, not again. Well, sure enough, he goes up to fourth grade and they're like, oh, like, we know he, we know he's hard. We know he's hard to evaluate, but we're. Uh, through repeated measures seeing that he's a grade behind on reading yeah that was and that's hard. what we suspected and so i had a massive temper tantrum over that yeah. just want everyone to know um yeah but with thrilled. his current teacher what i really loved about her this was incredibly bad but she handled it very well 
Um, kid number two came home from school and I knew that they were having standardized tests. And in his IEP, it specifically states he will go to the resource teacher to take his test either completely independently by himself and no other kids around or with a very, very small, like two to three other kids because he has it in his head that it's a race. And if you're the first one to finish, that means you're going to get the best score. And we noticed this in first grade. Right. And so like, like, yes, stun. And his uh, teacher at that point was like, no. Yeah. She actually sent us an email that said, no. Um, and that it was teacher was awesome. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. She's one of my favorites ever. Um, she worked so hard with kid number two. I adore her forever for it. But that and like it was but, fun watching her when we went in for a parent teacher conference and she was doing car line duty and we're looking at another kid's test because it was one of those ones where they had the open slot at the end. And yeah. somebody's pencil bag, one of the kids was a crown royal bag. <laughs> so we're laughing and she comes in. She's like, what? And we're like, over there. Your she's kids like, pencil boxes lately. <laughs> I mean. She's like, hangs her head like, I'm so sorry. And she's so embarrassed. We're like, no, no, no. We think it's funny. Oh, yeah. It was hysterical. It's a longstanding joke now between all of us. Yes. Um, but she was an exceptional anyways, teacher. Anyways, back to the standardized test. Still is. It she, was it was the math version, which is always harder for kid number two. Um, and so I knew it was coming. And that evening I got home from work and I was like, kid number two, how was your math test? And he goes, it was great. I did it in my classroom with Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. And I was the first one. And I was like, oh, no. What do you mean you did it with Mrs. Whatever? And he goes, yeah, I was in my class. And we took the test. And it took like four hours. And I was with everybody else. And I was the first one. And I was like, mm-mm-mm. And this is the standardized test for the state. Exactly. Um, so I sent her a very nice email. I, I am incredibly nice to the, at first. If you don't do what I want you to do, I get increasingly angry with you. But I started off very, very, very nice. And I was like, hey, um, I know my kid can be an unreliable reporter because he can be. But he told me that he was in your class for this standardized test. That's very important, especially in terms of him being promoted for fifth grade next year. And in his IEP, it states, and we had an extensive conversation about this, that he is to go to resource teacher for this so he can take it by himself. Please let me know if this actually happened or if he's confused or if I'm confused. Maybe I misread the IEP. I knew I didn't. Um, And she wrote me back immediately and said, oh, my God, I am so sorry. I have overlooked this. I am I am linking Mrs. Resource Teacher to this because this is her area. We messed up. He's going to retake it tomorrow. I am so incredibly sorry. And that was it. He retook it the next day that in the environment. Because she also apologized to him and let him know that it was not his fault. Okay, I didn't she know that. Had, no, she, he had told me, she's like, he's like, yeah, she said she made a mistake and that I, and then she said that I needed to redo it because whatever. He, he doesn't, he doesn't know that all of these things are in place. No, but it was, it was not that he had made a mistake and why he had to redo it because he hates doing standardized tests. It was that, something she had made an error and so that it would be a great favor to him to her if he would go retake it yep with mrs Research which teacher. all of a sudden he's so so eager to please and help others he, he was is happy a people to do it. pleaser yes um so he re went and redid it and they were able to see his scores 
right away. And she wrote me back and was like, he went, he took the test. His score improved dramatically from the fall. Great job. This is amazing. We'll make sure the reading part also takes place with Mrs. Resource Teacher. Um, and everything was fine after that. And I feel like if we had still been at the private school and this had happened, it would have been a show trying to get it changed. I think it also would have been a problem because they would have rubber stamped him again and we still would have continued. We still be- would not have any idea of where he was actually at. His reading level was still would be a grade level behind or more at this point. Yep. Because private school is privately funded. Like it is in their interest to keep the parents happy so they continue sending their child to that school. Yeah. And it's not. Keep those feet up on the desk I, while you're not uh, doing the job. Look, <laughs> I get it. I know who you're talking about. Um, well, I know that you teacher, know what I'm talking about. That teacher aside, that's not the vibe that I got from all of the other teachers. No. Okay? There's a lot of people there who are working very hard to help him over the years. Absolutely. But the thing is consistency. Yeah. So when we go from one amazing teacher to one who's resting on their laurels to an amazing teacher who's one who's resting on their laurels or a research te- resource teacher who's amazing oh, but yeah. only gets him a fraction of the time. Right. It's... It's, it's better to have people who are consistently year to year amazing. Yep. So I'm super excited for him to go to the same school again next year and have all these fabulous people in his life who were all rooting for him and pushing him to be the best and, version of himself that he can possibly be. It's really, really exciting. And the friendship thing is working out really well, too. It is. Yes. It's nice. Um, How about kid three? Kid number three had a delightful year. Kid number three end of the year was straight A's. I'm or, pretty I'm sure sorry, straight threes. As they do their scale. <laughs> threes. I'm pretty sure kid number three is like a super genius who is going to be an I evil I think he's an evil leader. super genius, but anyway. He pulls all the strings. <laughs> he does. He's dude, use your powers for good, not evil. Definitely the third child because yes. he he sits back and watches. Kid number one and kid number two and sees where they went wrong and then executes things perfectly. Or he moves the pawns into play. Uh, he's such a he's such a dick. But <laughs> he's a sweet little dick. He, <laughs> you know, anyway, he's a nice little guy. He is a nice little guy. Um, no, oh. And he is very academically and socially. He's no, he's so he's so smart. Mute your great. phone. I'm going to. OK. He uh, he did great. Uh, it was the right moving because his class and we had complained for a while that this class is just not gelling socially. Academically, he was doing fine individually, but the the social development wasn't there. And that is part so of bad. elementary school. That was totally there this year. Even with oh, the, yeah. even with the COVID stuff going on where we felt bad, there were several play dates and things going on where it's like just just you know, it wasn't going to work. It was going to work. And there was very few there. He, yeah, he did great. No, but he had like the best year ever. He came home and he was so excited always to tell us what he had learned and who he played with all day, every day. And it was nice for us because it turned out to be like his best buddy is actually the child of um, friends of ours. So that was really, really fun to watch that happen because they hadn't been around each other for a couple years and suddenly they were thrown back together and they decided each other was like the sh- so <laughs> it was fun. Well, even when he showed up, the teacher's like, okay, she had been informed that this was a new kid coming in from the, the Catholic school in town. Yeah. And she expected him to be socially awkward and not have any <laughs> friends. And all of a sudden he walks up and it's like Norm's from Cheers going, 
Kid number three. Kid number three. She's like, especially since they, they started out the year <laughs> split by alphabet. Mm-hmm. And his class is top half of the alphabet heavy. Mm-hmm. So he walks in and there's only seven kids in the classroom counting him. And half, more than half of them know him. From hockey. Hockey. And then when the other half shows up, some of those kids know him from hockey. Mm -hmm. And he's just like little Mr. Popularity. And the teacher's like, what the f*** is going on here? (laughs) How does this kid know everybody? And and then eventually it was hockey. And hockey actually ended up into the comments at the end of the year about what he should be reading. When he's not playing hockey, have Wait, him... did they? Because yes. I haven't seen the report cards oh, yet. Oh, I saw the report card. It's like, he should read more. We know he's very much into uh, fiction and fantasy type fiction, Comic but get him books. to read some non-fiction when he's not playing hockey. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I'm sure that he went to school and was like, I had hockey last night. We did. She was cracking me up because every time we had a parent-teacher conference, it was like, well, okay, like even in, in what was it October or November when we had the first one, it's like okay he could be right now for reading level he could already be promoted be to fourth, fourth grade, grade. <laughs> and uh, he's in second grade, uh, but challenge him more on like the in depth questions. Like, yeah, so okay. this was the thing that was hard for kid number three this year. Um, they really apparently focused on like motivation motivation with what characters. is the speaker's like, motivation why why are they doing the things that they're doing or what does this character actually mean by engaging in these actions or what are they thinking and kid number three is still a second grader going he did the things yeah kid number three is very practical like he is not interested in people's he's such an engineer thought. he's he really going is. to be an engineer and architect he's going to go to medical school well that too he but he might be a, a surgeon I just or have biomedical to get used engineer. To anatomy. It's going to be fine. Um, he does not care about the backstory or the internal motivation. Motivation or just did you? He actually he'd be like a behavior analyst. Did you do the things or not? Analyst. We don't f- care what what drove you to do it. Yeah. Did you do it or not? Well, we kind of care why you're doing it. We we care because we're psychologists and we're no. behavioral psychologists and we do care. I need but to at know, the end of the day, attention escape. Automatic reinforcement? That's what I care about. I don't care because you think your mommy was mean to you. That I don't care about. I care about, are you doing it to get attention? Did you do it or not? Yeah. Did you do it or not? And kid number three... I didn't mean to be... I didn't mean to punch him in the face. Yeah, but did you punch him in the face or not? Yeah, kid number four. He should be the commissioner of the NHL. Kid number four. I didn't mean to punch him in the face, but you did. I didn't mean to, though. It just happened. I didn't mean to punch him that hard, <laughs> but um, you did. But kid number three so suspended. is very, like, linear thinking. There is no, it's black or white. There is no gray. There is no interpretation of things. And so that aspect of the second grade was very hard for him. And honestly, it's been kind of hard for us to explain to him why this all matters. Because I don't really give a Do you give a about the motivation of the speakers. He does need to learn that and read inference into that. I think he does. As a second grader, I'm not getting bent out of shape out of it. As a fourth or fifth grader, or sixth grader, middle schooler, very much I'm going to care. As a second grader, because it. it's, it's not really a second not grade, important. it's not an age-appropriate second grade goal. It's the fact that she ran out of age-appropriate goals and she was going with the fourth grade <laughs> goals and the fifth grade goals but because he had was- already... He's already excelled past all it of those. It was mentioned on every single report card, though. Because that's all. Because she laid out. She for wasn't us. giving him extra work, though. That's the thing. No, she was giving him had, like second grade work, and it was all focused on this. And we were super confused by no, it. No, no, no. She had some other work beyond 
second grade that she was giving him because she oh. thought he was bored, which he was with the second grade work. But <laughs> I also, but I also don't want him to leap grades because he's already no, so he tiny he's for his grade. Very tiny. Which is funny because he's also because he's good at pulling strings and motivating people, and everyone like. Um, he's got his little army, but he's kind of <laughs> like if you think about back to Ninja Turtles, which we talked about at the end of the beginning. <laughs> thing, he's like Krang, who is the who? the little dude that looked like a the brain. brain. Yeah. He the <laughs> had his little legions and he's like that's from the cartoon that's funny or even like mad max beyond thunderdorm or anyway those things we got the little tiny puppet master with the like army supporting him that is kid those number short three people and then ah, becoming dictators but long story a short long history of that he, right? socially he had so much fun he enjoyed it um this was the right move for him he has told us on so many occasions this is a thousand times better then the private school because socially it was just it was just more for him it oh was it was better um speaking of like he said that and kid 4 spoke to that when she was on or not kid 4 sorry kid 1 spoke to that when she was on hosting an episode when you had laryngitis <laughs> kid 2 wrote a paper yes, he for did. school which we heard about for months from his teacher cuz they had to write a position paper he wrote a paper on why he was happier with the move, even though he thought mom and dad had lost their minds. Our words, not his. When we switched schools, and he was very terrified and scared, and it turned out that he was happier at the new school, which when we finally got a copy of that re- paper, and we're not going to read it on the podcast, but Mm-mm. it was one that made us almost cry, and not just because of, how he felt about the school, but also the writing skills. How well it. written it was. Incredibly well written and justified. Like the sentences made sense in order. But it's uh, a big deal. It was just that he felt it was the better place for him too. He recognized that socially, academically, it was the better place for him. Yeah, I was blown away by it. Yeah. I really was. Also, he revealed some things that had happened to him. He that we weren't aware Kid of. Kid number two would take things and take things and take things and not say anything about it. And then he would explode about them months after they had happened. And close to when kid number one was graduating from fifth grade, he had like a massive meltdown on the front step of our of our house. And he like it was a bunch of verbal diarrhea of every single bad thing that had happened that had been festering all year long and you were the one to deal with that and he was talking about like this girl that used to bully him and did all of these terrible things and we were like what the why didn't you tell us this when it happened he was like i don't know i just handled it it was fine but i can't take it anymore blah 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 um and this paper went into more of that that he had not told us about so some of it was shocking to us um and that is not a good thing his teacher told us that we would probably be surprised and we were like eh, he's I told shocking. Us it was stuff. it was surprising it was very revealing the lunchbox thing was a shock to me yeah i i was not aware that people were trying to steal his lunchbox from him on a regular basis i was not aware either um, run by catholics well, who are ca- supposed to be morally catholics superior to everyone else. And if you think that's a dig, it probably is. Probably is, but also the way we've been treated over the last year. Screw it. Because You're right. Catholic's going to Catholic. It's Because fine. you and I talked about it, and some of the biggest holy rollers who are like, we'll always love 
seems like as soon as we pulled our kids, they treated us like you. Yeah, I know. They treated us like garbage. They treated our children like garbage when I was coaching. Literally which, called them garbage. Oh, I know. And I was there. And it, it's difficult because there's so many great kids there, so many great families, there's so many friends of ours who are still friends of ours and still great to us. Absolutely. But it was some of the ones who are the, for lack of a better term, the holy rollers of the bunch are like, I'm holier than thou. I'm nicer than everyone. I'm the most Christian of Christian. It's like so attached to the Ten Commandments. I would never break them, but actually you are. Children like garbage while I'm there. At the same time, they were also some of the ones who thought that coaching was my primary income. Yeah, that was a magical day. Yeah. And I'm like, your husband coaches middle school basketball. You should know that the coaches make don't even really make enough to cover their gas money. Maybe the other sports do make money though. You don't know. Maybe they do, but football uh, is usually paid very well. Well, he was a basketball coach, but anyway. But still, um, you think I support my family on um, what I do coaching? Right. This yeah, is that's a not gonna. We have four kids. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> this is a passion project. That no. I really enjoy doing. This, that was a way for you to give back to the school that you love so very much. And wow. it was great. You did. When we moved here and we first started, you loved that school like nothing else. That's why we sent our children there. Yeah. we And I, I jumped in like, the coach to keep the program going so that the kids had the option to do it when they got to middle school and high school. Yeah. They don't go to middle school, high school anymore. And I still kept on doing it until some. And it wasn't just some random parents. It was parents who are in positions of power at the school decided to treat both. the. I mean, I was used to being treated like garbage, but treated (laughs) my children like garbage. And that was the end of it. Yeah. No. um, When we decided to move back to this specific area, I told you we are not moving to this town because I did not love my schools growing up. Yeah. And you said, that's fine. We'll, we can move to this town or this town over here and we can send them to my old school. And I was like, done. Because growing up, I knew that your school was superior to all of the other schools in the area. And I, I thought that was still the case. But well, that gets into nostalgia, which we, it does. we've spoken about. Um, it turned out that that wasn't the case for all of our children, so... So, Anyways, we veered very far, of course. Well, we have, but at the same point, this is our our talk through process we have every year. Absolutely, but where to send schools back, kids back to school. This is very late for us because we pretty much it was a for the first time ever. It was almost a foregone conclusion, but it's we're critical. We evaluate. We go kid by kid. Yeah. What's right, and then what's right for the family because we want our kids at the same school system and. Yep. We're, Honestly, we're much... if this year had not gone well, I I don't know what we would have done. It would have either been send them back to the private school because we know it, or it would have been try and get them in at the other public school down the road, which I would have had massive, massive anxiety over because I really so I'll let you <laughs> did in not on love it. A little what we call rumint in the intel field, which is rumor. What well, well, we have OSINT, which is open source intelligence. Yeah. We have. SIGINT, which is signal intelligence. We have all sorts of these different ends. HUMINT, which is human intelligence. And we have RUMINT, which is rumor intelligence. Oh, rumors. I love rumors. rumors. Rumor intelligence has. There is a uh, another psychologist, similar to myself, different branch of psychology, who has kids about the same age as our kids. Who, around the time we yanked our kids out of the public schools, yanked his kids, I mean, yanked our kids out of private school to public school, 
yanked his kids out of the public school and sent them over to the private school. Really? Which was very much a one-for-one offset. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and he Are they I, going back next year? Yeah, they're coming back. To public school? Yeah. Same mm-hmm. public school our kids go to. Okay. Yeah. I'm so curious. I'm not going to ask right now, but... No, you can ask tell me, me later. later. Hockey families. Hockey. It all hockey. comes back to hockey. It all comes back to hockey. Yay, hockey. Hockey is delightful. Yes. Especially when so they fight, but this, not with you. But this was, and not with this kid was number good one. Uh, because we talked through, when we spoke through, um, process improvement for coaching, for personal performance plans, for work and you know, the clinical side. And then also we went in depth on the family education side and how we do this and how we speak through it and how we break it down. And so I think we really got into the, it's nothing's ever really a done decision. It's constantly being evaluated. And even right now with a uh, public school with our kids, we're still going to evaluate it every spring. Are we still making the right choice? Are we yep. at the right place? Yeah. No, if we get to like freshman year of high school and we find that the high school is we are going to make a really, really big decision. Yeah. Because I'm not going to let our kids flounder in high school and fail. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Unavailable. That said, the kid, the school the kids were at, while the elementary is amazing, mm-hmm. part of the thing was the element or the middle school and the high school, not so much. We're talking about the private school. The private just school. To be clear. Yeah. Um, couldn't be happier with the uh, I love the public school. Middle I love school. the middle school. I'm sure I love the high school. And I am a product of, like, I went kindergarten, actually preschool, through 12th grade at private schools, religious private schools. Sure. I went to public school except for one year in third grade, and that was a nightmare. You got detention because you decided to hold up your undergarments, which were your socks. Yeah, I spent the night at my friend's house. And apparently I left my socks there. I don't remember leaving my socks there, but she said I did. And she was like, here, these are your socks. And I was in the process of holding them up in the light going, I don't think these are my socks. And the head nun walked in and was like, <gasps> Jessica, we don't hold our undergarments up. You're going to detention all day. And I had to miss the day I of the I love how school. she treats knee socks like they're panties. They weren't or... even knee socks. They were ankle socks. Ankle socks like they're panties or something. Right? Um, I had to miss the They day. weren't even like booby tassel pa- uh, mm-hmm. pasties. The day of the big school carnival because I was in detention in the basement in the cafeteria. My mother had wait, to wait, come and get the me. The cafeteria no, was no, no. in the basement? Yeah. Tiny school. What kind of dungeon was that? It was, was like that? three stories. It was super skinny and three stories tall. Did you go to Wayside School? I went to Catholic school in uh, I Williamson, like- West Virginia or Kentucky. I don't. It doesn't matter. It was right on the border. It's fine. You can look up and you'll see it um that's why i went to catholic school though because of the area my mom went to the public school and she was like this my kid is not going here catholic schools i don't blame her at all but it sucked for me um she had to come and get me from detention the day of the school carnival and then i got grounded for two weeks for being inappropriate at school and i tried to explain it to her and she was like no the nun said the penguin she wasn't even dressed like a penguin. She was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Have you seen Blue Bro- Blues Brothers? She wasn't dressed up like a nun. Oh my god! You got like your angry eyes with your angry glasses. <laughs> How about we wrap up this episode? They a didn't bit? dress up like nuns. They dressed up like people. Old people. <laughs> 
Sister Donna was delightful. Sister Mary Catherine, Mary Catherine was a. B- Listen, if you're a sister and you got multiple first names, you're a. B- <laughs> you know it. I know it. It's fine. Oh, we're getting hate mail over this one. Out from who? West Virginia. I don't know. Someone Bring who, it. Somebody who made it like an hour and a half in. <laughs> sorry, West Virginia. But not sorry because that happened to me and I'm still really angry over it. So That's okay. It's West Virginia. Also, I got detention. The internet doesn't run over there I yet. got detention every single day for about nine months because I didn't know how to write cursive when I transferred to that school. Because at that school, they all learned to write in cursive in second grade. And at the school I transferred from, they learned cursive in third they grade. They probably learned how to go hunting and skin things. In Georgia? No, I thought you meant in West Virginia. In West Virginia, they learned cursive in second grade. So I was Whatever. behind, and that warranted okay, we can make West Virginia. all I mean, sorts of Appalachia jokes as we can. Let's, let's wrap up this episode by giving a shout-out to the Red Arrow Challenge. And by the way, part of the continuous process improvement is not only making fun of Jessica for rattling papers while I'm trying to talk, <laughs> but also... Um, we need to address the Red Arrow Challenge. We do. And in that, it has really not taken off like we thought it would. It's been over a year. Uh, we thought we'd have carryover from the Summer Racing Club, but really not so much. We also, COVID. COVID. And it was like there was virtual stuff up the wazoo that came out just as we did. Yeah, but we didn't restrictions have, are loosening. Yeah, so we're loosening, so everyone's going and doing free stuff, but also with the virtual stuff, while we were free, we didn't come with the free swag. No, no swag. And on top of now that things are loosening up, like, people want to go do real races, and we want to go do real races. So it's really not taking off. So this, this is going to post... This is going to post on Monday, June 28th, 2021. And that is going to be the first day of the last week of this. So really on 4th of July of 2021 is going to mark the last day of the Red Arrow Challenge. And that also factors into the whole thing of uh, my schedule's gotten busy and this does take time to run and uh, it's not like we're getting a lot of compensation for running a free virtual nope. multi-sport competition. So uh, I've uh, my demands on my time are getting to be more and more. So on July 4th, that is the last day to get your time, your, uh, your distances in, get them in on the episode that posts on July 12th. That was the last time we are going to put up, um, the champions to give them shout outs. Awesome. We'll go. We'll be very enthusiastic about it. Absolutely. But for the most recent week, which was June 14th through June 20th, the champions were swimming 20 to 29 Gator Boy 40 to 49 Jesse's Girl 60 to 69 Kilogram Ill running Nine and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Lucky Dude, 20 to 29, Gator Boy, 30 to 39, The Logan, 40 to 49, Great Juan, 50 to 59, G Smith, 60 to 69, Pac Mac, featured members, me. Walking. Nine and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Lucky Dude, 20 to 29, Smytha, 30 to 39, Wildcat, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, Teddy, 68, 60 to 69, Kilogram Mill feature members, me. Biking on road. 
20 to 29 H Kaner 305, 30 to 39 Cyclopath, 40 to 49 Coach T, 50 to 59 AR Miller, 60 to 69 Kilogram Male feature members me. Biking off road. 20 to 29 Husky Mike, that's Husky with an I, 30 to 39 Dirt Devil, 40 to 49 Cyclone. Sit down paddling. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, sit down paddling. Nobody. Oh, stand up paddling. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 30 to 39, Weenie West. 40 to 49, nobody. 50 to 59, Mary Mary. 60 to 69, Sunny D. Feature members, nobody. Stand up pedaling. No, just kidding. Cross country skiing. 40 to 49, El Tiburon 95. 50 to 59, Elvis. <laughs> Skeety. <laughs> he lives. Skeeting. 20 to 29, Lexi. 30 to 39, SB Tom. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, nobody. 60 to 69, MRH 313. Feature members, me. Hockey. Nine and under, nobody. 10 to 19, Soleil. 20 to 29, Sid with two Ds. 30 to 39, Wildcat. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, Herb. 60 to 69, MRH 313. Feature members, me. Points. Nine and under, Easy E. 10 to 19, Lucky Dude. 20 to 29, Husky Mike. 30 to 39, The Logan. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, Teddy 68. 60 to 69, Kilogram Mill. Feature members, me. That's the end of this list. (laughs) Of this list of this week. All right, only a little bit more time. When this post really is marking the last week to get your uh, totals in, and then we're going to wrap that up. Whether we do other virtual races and other virtual competitions, um, I love to put them out there. They're a lot of fun, but it really depends on the feedback. So uh, if you go to Instagram, our handle is redarrowhw. Send us feedback. Send us a uh, message and let us know what you want to do. Uh, we did some scavenger hunts. We had some other things over time. Uh, let us know. We'll we'll organize them. We'll put them up. But uh, as far as the Red Arrow Challenge, one week left. Get them in. And Do for, it. <laughs> and for now, this has been another episode of the Red Arrow Challenge. Sorry, not the Red Arrow Challenge. This was the latest update for the Red Arrow Challenge. This has been the most recent ep- uh, episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. We post episodes every Monday, weekly, almost every week. We're pretty good about every week. Check out our other episodes. This has been episode 68. Episode 69 is next week. And the week after that is episode 70. And kid number one is coming back to host episode 70. It's going to be a follow-up to episode 40, which was listeners want to know. So email in, uh, direct message in, or if you look on Wednesdays, we also put up an Instagram story where you can directly type in your uh, questions. Uh, she is going to take a list of questions which I have compiled for her and she's going to interview you and me. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, we've <laughs> had a buttload come in already. Uh, really? It, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> That's exciting. Okay, yeah. cool. It's going to be a fun episode. So we've got that. We've got some other fun ones coming up. You and I are going on some trips yet this summer. So uh, fun stuff in the works. But for now, um, I'm craving some yakitori. Oh my god, I'm so chicken excited. Chicken on a stick. Japanese also, chicken on a stick. There's a mustache at the bottom of my Oh my god, glass. there is a mustache. I'm like, is this some weird sort of foam thing? But it's actually printed on your it's, glass. It's, there's a mustache on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's All fun. right. 
Well, Jessica, this has been fun. So much fun. Until next time. Bye. Bye.